The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Joe Biden, in a few moments, we'll talk to our political correspondent, uh, Sean Defoe, about what happened yesterday and uh, what is about to unfold today. But first, a taste of what happened last evening in Dundalk, as you probably know. Uh, people crowded into the Windsor Bar to hear uh, President Joe Biden speak. And he spoke of the feeling of coming home and of possibility. Well, it feels like home. I said uh, last time I was here, in a sense, I know why my ancestors and many of your relatives left <coughs> during the famine. And, uh, but, uh, you know, when you're here, you wonder why anyone would ever want to leave. I mean it. So it's good to be back. And I want to thank another proud son of Louth, Prime Minister Martin, the guy behind me here. Now, I met him when he was, uh, when he was a Tisha. And uh, the bad news was we put him up in lovely quarters across from the White House, and he had COVID. <laughs> coming here feels like uh, coming home, and it really does. The way every time I've come, the welcome, the people on the streets, they're just so, so gracious to us. Possibilities. We believe anything's possible. Anything's possible. Anything's possible if we set our mind to it. That's who we are. That's what we believe, in my view. I don't want to ruin the reputation, but the Carnage are relatives. <laughs> we take great faith. And the closing comment I make, you see this tie I have with the shamrock on it? This was given to me by one of these guys right here. <clears throat> was a hell of a rugby player and they beat the hell of the black and tans. Oh God, I don't know. But, but it was when you were at a, a soldier field, wasn't it? Chicago. Chicago. Well, that may have been at the the gaff that everyone was waiting for, the black and tans versus the all blacks. Uh, anyway, you got soldiers field, right? Um, good morning, Sean Defoe. Morning, Pat. How are you? Uh, much has been made of this, but it was a slip of the tongue, I, I suspect. Let's talk about the positive things. Um, first of all, his address in Belfast, it seemed to hit all the right notes. It did, in fairness. And we were wondering yesterday, you know, was he going to come in sort of heavy handed on the protocol and on the Windsor framework? And, you know, even the touch of him being in the Windsor bar last night, you wonder how much of all this is all choreographed together. But, I, you know, I heard some people in Belfast yesterday when I was there describing it as a gentle speech. And I think that was pretty bang on. It was very, very diplomatic in its tone. He did address the fact that the assembly and the executive aren't functioning where he would have liked to deliver the speech to mark 25 years since that they were set up through the Good Friday agreement and made his view clear. He wants to see them back up and running. But that, that is ultimately the choice for the parties involved. And those parties were in the room. Jeffrey Donaldson staring quite intently at him while he made those comments and then sort of across the the board, a lot of support for Northern Ireland. He was speaking in Ulster University in this really impressive new campus, uh, which is quite a lot of glass around him and remarked straight away. He was like, you know, even 25 years ago or 30 years ago when he visited in the early 90s, you, you couldn't have had that because of all the, the, you know, the risks of bombs and bullets going off in the middle of Belfast city centre. Uh, and then I suppose where he kind of got into encouraging them with a bit more, you know, the carrot rather than the stick of getting the executive up and running was saying how much US businesses want to invest in Northern Ireland. And Joe Kennedy, the 
special envoy on economics is staying there for the rest of this week. He gave a speech right before Joe Biden and was saying, look, we want to invest here and, and businesses want to invest here, but they need some sort of certainty and they need to know there is going to be political stability to do that. So in fairness, even Jeffrey Donaldson acknowledging uh, yesterday evening in interviews that it hit quite a lot of the right tones. Now, someone who struck the wrong tone was Arlene Foster. Um, uh, I don't know whether listening to what Arlene uh, said is kind of a lesson to us all not to underestimate uh, the visceral feeling that uh, some people have towards uh, the the sovereignty of the United Kingdom over uh, Northern Ireland. Um, What did you think, Sean? Yeah, I mean, because we obviously have been celebrating Joe Biden and looking forward to the visit, making a lot of how he is, you know, the most Irish of Irish American presidents, certainly since JFK. But then you do probably forget that there is that feeling and that identity in Northern Ireland where he was also visiting uh, that doesn't feel that way and feels much more tied to the United Kingdom and indeed probably still a majority there. If you look at the last poll, the Irish Times poll there just before Christmas, if there was a poll on a United Ireland in the north, only 27 percent of people said they would vote for a United Ireland, 50 percent saying that they'd vote to for the status quo. And when you think of some of the stories that Arlene Foster was referencing, for example, a story about Joe Biden's mother, Catherine Eugenie Finnegan, uh, saying that she wouldn't sleep in a bed that the the Queen had slept in, would rather sleep in the floor of that particular hotel when it was offered to her. Uh, An off-colour remark was mentioned as well when Enda Kenny was visiting Washington a number of years ago when Joe Biden was vice president and as he was coming in the door and sort of the the, the press pool was coming in the door, Joe Biden said, oh, anyone wearing orange isn't welcome or isn't getting in here. And this was some of the comments that Arlene Foster raised was speaking to to GB News. Um, we could hear a bit of what she had to say and then also the response the White House had to give through the National Security Council's Amanda Sloat. You've already made reference to the if you're wearing orange, you're not welcome here. And of course, he reveled in the fact that he told a story about uh, his mother refusing to sleep in a bed because her, the late Majesty the Queen had slept in the bed. So it goes on and on. He hates uh, the United Kingdom. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, and um, I just think uh, the fact that he's coming here won't put any pressure on the Democratic Unionist Party at all. Quite the reverse, actually. You know, I think the the track record of of the president shows that he's he's not anti-British. The president has been very actively engaged throughout his career, dating back to when he was a a senator in the peace process in Northern Ireland. And that has involved meetings with leaders of of all of Northern Ireland's political parties from from both of the two main communities, the British and Irish leaders here. Uh, The UK remains one of our strongest and closest allies, and it's it's difficult, frankly, to think of an issue in the world that we are not closely cooperating with the British on. Uh, And it's why the president wanted to have the opportunity to engage with Prime Minister Sunak uh, this morning to to start his his day here in in Belfast. Paradoxically, Sean, on this trip, President Biden did actually speak to his English ancestry when he was giving that address in Belfast on the campus of uh, Ulster University. Anyway, he used to always kid me when I'd say, you know, talk about, he'd say, yeah, you talk about the Irish. He said, you're English. I should remember that. And then I found out, my sister and I found out the name Robinet, Robinette, my middle name is Robinette. I, uh, I thought that uh, all those years it was French. It must have been Huguenots because they came to Great Britain in the 1700s, somewhere along the way. And they're all from Nottingham. So uh, I don't know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> You come back, it's confusing. Anyway. 
Um, but whatever about that, uh, Sammy Wilson of the DUP was speaking on the hard shoulder yesterday and Kieran asked if he thinks Joe Biden has an antipathy uh, towards Protestants. Many, many people would doubt whether he's a devout Roman Catholic when you consider his views on abortion, when you confu- consider his views on gay marriage, when you consider, consider his views on trans rights and all the rest. I think a lot of people would even question his Catholicism. Um, uh, but but uh, he certainly does have an antipathy towards uh, Protestants. And indeed, you only have to look all, at all the Protestants. Comments. You only have to look at the comments. He's, when been, he's, he's been married you know, to two. That's why I ask you. When he made it, when he made it clear that uh, orange, if you're orange, you weren't welcome in the White House. I, mean, I think that that's, that shows the, the mentality of the man. So, uh, Sean, in summary, what is going on in the the DUP? I saw an RT uh, the news uh, last evening when uh, Jeffrey Donaldson was asked about all of this. He absolutely avoided the question in terms of what Arlene Foster had been saying and Sammy Wilson, uh, and uh, gave you know pretty bland reply. Yeah, I think this is kind of part of the problem that Jeffrey Donaldson has had over the last while, particularly when it comes to the Windsor framework and probably why he commissioned that group of different former leaders and people within the party to actually consider it, is that he has these people with more hardline views on a range of different things uh, who are sort of chirping in the ear on on every what issue. And yet maybe he would like to steer them sort of in a different direction. He was trying to be very diplomatic. I suppose the sense of occasion uh, for Jeffrey Johnson was a different setting as well. He had just come out of the speech. Everyone had been quite conciliatory and you couldn't take issue, I think, with anything that was in Joe Biden's speech reading in Ulster University yesterday. It was, as I mentioned, quite gen- uh, gentle and quite diplomatic. So perhaps the question put it to him a little bit more or in a different sort of setting required a different answer uh, but certainly there isn't a, a love lost there between Joe Biden and the DUP not that Jeffrey Donaldson was ever going to be put under any massive pressure really by the President of the United States you have to remember the context of Jeffrey Donaldson walking out on the Good Friday Agreement in the final days of it as well back in 1998 when there was huge pressure being put on by Bill Clinton to get the deal done so you know look the, there's long been history there between the US and the DUP and, and long not been that positive yeah. Now, obviously, today it's uh, business, political business and ceremonial business in uh, this part of uh, the, the island. So just looking back on his trip uh, to Northern Ireland, um, the impact, do you think, uh, will it be significant? I, I don't think so. Um, I think, look, the, notwithstanding what I just said, the kind words towards his speech, it was a very, very short trip. It was less than 17 hours and a good bit of that he actually spent sleeping. Um, the, given that this was ostensibly a trip to mark the Good Friday Agreement, there weren't huge crowds in Belfast, even for the speech yesterday, which is very well flagged. There were maybe a couple of hundred people turned up. And the first night, as I mentioned to you, it was lashing a rain. With great weather in Belfast yesterday for people uh, to turn around. So he didn't sort of get the hero's welcome. Certainly it was night and day, but between what happened in Dundalk last night, where I don't know what the official figure was, but certainly looked many, many more people on the streets and absolutely delighted to see. And we didn't see anything like that uh, in Northern Ireland. So had it been a different scenario where the assembly was up and running, where he could have given maybe a more impactful speech, I think, yes, it would maybe have left a more lasting footprint. But it it won't be, I, I don't think, remembered in Northern Ireland as akin to, say, the Clinton visits were. All right. Well, Sean, you're on duty today. You've got to track his movements as he goes uh, from the Oris and Farmley and uh, ultimately uh, to the Doyle. And I hope you can move freely around with all the traffic restrictions. Uh, But, Sean, thank you very much uh, for joining us for the moment. Now, uh, last night, of course, he was in the Windsor Bar uh, full of relatives and so on. But it wasn't just the pub that got a presidential visit. I'm joined now by Jerome McAteer, co-owner of McAteer's The Food House in Donegal, where Joe Biden popped in yesterday. Yesterday. Jerome, good morning. Good morning, Pat. 
Tell us all about it. I mean, when did you first find all, out this was going to happen? First of all, we're in Dundalk, not Donegal. <laughs> did I say Donegal? You did. Oh, my God. I, I'm sorry. So if people are visitors, I want them to come to Dundalk. Not, <laughs> not Donegal. <laughs> sorry about that. Go on. Anyway. No, no, no problem. So when did you find out that it was going to happen? We were approached. They came in last Wednesday kind of scouting the, I think they're scouting places out the town they came in last Wednesday Thursday I didn't really cop on because we were really busy it was Easter week and then they came in on Friday and asked us would we be in from Joe uh, Biden coming in for a visit so of course we were ecstatic and very happy to get the chance Yeah and by the way when they came in on the Wednesday did you not hmm. notice these fellas in suits and, and slim ties no, and the- all that they weren't really dressed like that, Pat. It was we were very, very busy, and there was about fifteen, twenty walked in with a local, a lovely uh, local councillor, Paddy Donnelly, and I know Paddy, so I just shouted to him and I said, Paddy, we've no tables. We want to come back in ten or fifteen minutes and see what they can do. But they were dressed very, um, very casually. Okay. There was no like there was no that kind of black suit, slim tie thing at all. So anyway, on Friday they put in the the formal uh, the request, formal maybe request. Th- that he might be there. Did they specify what they would want? Um. This, I think they want them to come into a local business and to do a little bit of shopping and just have a bit of crack, I think, to be honest, to see what a real proper business was like. And we'd be very local, very community-based. So, um, yeah, that was really it. And then they told us, they kept saying, actually, you know, if it happens, if it happens, if it happens. So up to the last minute, we were on tenderhooks. Oh, it could be pulled, it could be pulled. But thank God it wasn't. Yeah. Now, it was intended to have a sit-down, wasn't it? It was intended to have a sit-down, and then the numbers got too big. Our cafe probably holds about 60 or 70. We were told the numbers went to 100. I started to panic, but I didn't want to say it in case we lost the opportunity to do it. And then the numbers just went sky high, and so we couldn't have coped with it anyway. So I think then if that had happened with us, Pat, we probably just would have got a handshake and a photo, which still would have been fantastic. But his right-hand man is a guy, a lovely man called Brian McPartland, and Brian was determined to take him in here. So Brian said, this would probably work out better for you to get five or ten minutes. But as it turned out, we'd about a, we had him to ourselves for about a half an hour. So it was just brilliant. Now, did he eat? Um, did he buy? No. Yes, he bought. He didn't eat. I think he was probably eating at the Windsor. He bought um, oh, a load of desserts. He bought some cookies. He bought some sweets. All our stuff, stuff our own name on it. He bought a, a mug. Yeah, yeah, a bottle of Coke. Um, yeah, <laughs> and and tell us this, you know, the Queen famously doesn't carry any money, uh, didn't in in her lifetime. That's I'm sure right, Prince yes. Charles, or uh, now King Charles, doesn't carry any cash yeah. as well. Uh, does yeah. Joe Biden carry cash? Joe had cash in his hand and he uh, took out a $50 bill, which we have and we definitely won't be putting in the bank. We'll be in a frame very soon. And he bought his stuff and we threw him a 10% discount. So I think that was very generous on our part. <laughs> and then um, we've uh, a couple of kids working here. We down a syndrome boy, an autistic boy. So we give them a tenor tip, which was really brilliant. Very good. You know, there yeah. were stories about celebrities back in the old days who used to write a cheque for every bill they were going to pay in a hotel or a, a bar yeah. on the basis yeah. that the cheque would never be cashed. It would always be framed exactly. and put on yes. the wall. So well, no, this 50 notes definitely going on the wall, Pat. Yeah. So it, it was a, a great occasion and uh, you got to chat with the great man, I presume. We did. We had a lot of time with him, Pat. Um, he came in, we introduced him, introduced him to all the staff. 
and then we got talking to them. We, we have a great passion for uh, Dundalk Dog Rescue, for dogs in general, animal welfare in general. And we know he has he's animal doggy mad and he does he rescues his dogs as well from I think it's Delaware animal cruelty. So we, we have a lot of stuff on our walls about Dundalk Dog Rescue. So we um we talked a lot about that and it was brilliant. And he knew we, we had to give a blurb to somebody and he, he knew that we, me and Bobby, my uh, partner, we got married in December there. And so we'd done our wedding as a, like a benefit to the dog, dog rescue. So we raised 25 grand for it and he knew all this. So he was very impressed. And yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of talk about uh, the dog rescue. Yeah. Did you give him a parting gift? We did. We gave him a lovely hamper box. We gave him a lovely um, frame made from local artist, Kira Mullen. It's, um, she makes frames from pebbles and shells. So we picked the stones and the pebbles in Whitetown Beach, right beside his heritage place. And she made a beautiful scene for him. And then also, but we give him, um, which I think he really liked, we give Bobby's grandfather is um, James Beckett, who is Samuel Beckett's uncle. And James Beckett was a big swimmer in his day, swam in the Olympics, swam against Johnny Wise Miller. There's lots of history there. And he's beautiful. Uh, we, we won him our wedding, actually. Two beautiful gold medals made into a pin. It's like an 18 carat round disc with a gorgeous shamrock on it. So we presented that to him and we told him the story and he just said it was too special, he couldn't take it. And we said, no, God, you have to. He says, no, I don't want to. So then he said, listen, we'd be so honoured if the President of the United States took this. So he said, I tell you what, boys, I'm going to take it. I'm going to get it framed. I'm going to hang it in the Oval Office. And as soon as I'm out of office, office, I will return it to you. So can't ask for fairer than that. My goodness. Um, what an extraordinary set of stories. I mean, that business of Sam Beckett, uh, his uncle, yeah. uh, Olympic swimming, and J- yeah. Johnny Weissmuller, the man who I ended know, up playing Johnny Tarzan. Johnny in for a bit of, bit of crack. Yeah, I know, crazy. <laughs> Extra- All true. Yeah. <laughs> extraordinary stuff, which only emerged yeah. because Joe Biden decided to visit uh, McAteer's The Food House in Dundalk. Certainly not. In Dundalk. Well, well done, Pat. I'm going to drop in. The next time I'm passing through Do Dundalk, please. I will drop in and have a cuppa and have one of your desserts because they sound absolutely delicious. Jerome, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us on the line and uh, more on Joe Biden's travels later on in the programme. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.